Hello everyone and welcome to the 14th, hold on I got the folder, yep 14th episode of the SWW show, this is a uh, post GDEX Oh yes, yes episode. it is um, So yeah I guess we can kind of talk about some of the stuff we saw there now Yeah In more detail Cause so we, we didn't record an episode when we left Sunday Right. So yeah. So so post we us recording at that point, Saturday night we went to that party. We met some people there, some interesting characters. I'll call them. Yeah. <laughs> best, that's a, that's a good description. Best way to put it. Um, yep. Then Sunday we kind of walked the show floor a bit. Did our panel. Yeah. You want to start there maybe panel. Yeah. There were. Three more people than I thought were going to show up. Which, which, to be fair, I'm going to honestly say it too, and I'm not saying it's an audience thing. I think by the end of the panel, we had a flow going that I think I'll be more confident during future panels. Yeah, and like, at least for me, when I do public stuff, the more people, the faster I hit that. Oh yeah, I think it was, we were trying to find, also this is the first time we did something like that too, which I think is part of it. Yeah, and the whole, like... We couldn't figure out the audio. The projector apparently had audio, but it was <laughs> quiet. Um, so we tried to play it off my laptop speakers, which... Has a whole set of problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it felt like a good panel. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't... I thought it, I thought it, could, it could go worse. It could, it could have objectively gone worse. <laughs> oh, it could have gone way worse, for sure. So that's why I feel okay on that one. Um, we didn't get to record it, because AJ didn't feel like doing that. Um, just logistically. It also, tough. yeah, I agree with you. Logistically, I don't think it would have worked super well anyway. Um, no. but yeah, well, as that happened, we hung around the show floor for a couple hours on then. So then after that, so what happened is we left, right? Uh, yep. you dropped me off in Toledo, Ohio, and you went back to Grand Rapids area. Mm -hmm. This hotel I stayed at, AJ, you saw it from the outside. Yeah. I, I was suspicious when I walked in. And there was a person who was the, you know, the front desk person in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And was talking to just an old man in a wheelchair who apparently just hangs out there. Was my first step of the quality of this hotel. So did they give you a key card like we had in Columbus or a real key? No, it was still a key card. It was still a key card. So I'm not super concerned there. Except I walked in. So you know, you have the desk there. I sat down to my laptop. Mm -hmm. I sat down on some Cheetos. I didn't see them. Nice. So, and not in a bag of Cheetos, by the way. Just, just Cheetos. Okay. Um, the best way to put this. So the next morning, I asked the shuttle to take us to the airport, right? So there's two of us who had to go. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the shuttle was? His car? Not just his car. The only front desk person, they put a sign up that says, at the airport, BRB, is what the sign says. They put up and you go in their car. <laughs> Oh, fucking damn it. I mean, how long was your, your shuttle ride? You were basically on the airport. Uh, I think about 30 seconds. <laughs> like, not a joke. It was enough where if I didn't have to walk, I wasn't going to walk, to be fair. 
But it was yeah. still like, no, no, actual driving time was nothing. Did they even have a pre-check at Toledo? Uh, no. Well, technically, yes, but it was kind of like what they do at my airport, where they just kind of alternate between pre-check and not pre-check people. We were the first flight out of, like, five flights in that day or whatever the hell it was, so it wasn't really that concerned. The airport didn't open until an hour and a half before my flight. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask about pre-check is, like, in Grand Rapids, if you leave early enough, it's just not open. Yeah, yeah. so what what my airport does here, the same thing that they did there is that if you have pre-check, there's literally, it's one TSA person, and they just have a pre-check and non-pre-check line, and they just alternate you. Yeah. So that just gets you through it faster. You know, you have to go through the full security scan. Um, I think you still have to, at least in Grand Rapids, you still, like, when pre-check is closed, you still go through the scanner. You still go through the scanner, scanner, but it's quicker to go through the, like, checking the ticket part of security. Which makes the rest of the process quicker. Because if there's two people on this line and ten people on this line, if you're in the two-person oh, line, you go Oh, they don't even have, like, like the just pre-check line is closed. Oh, no, what they do out there is it... Like, they just have it, it show They up. just have it go through the same person for us. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, this is what I have to give the Toledo Airport holy shit level of impression here, right? So they had one thing open, which, to be fair, small airport, five in the morning, I expect as much, right? Yeah. I wouldn't expect this place to be part subway, part coffee house, part pizza hut, and be one person running all of it. And, and for the record, they were separate units that she had to go to individual cash registers if you want to buy stuff from different objects. Mm. Like, who designed this? Yeah, that's weird. So it would be like... I, I genu- genuinely wonder if the Toledo airport is the way it is. Because it looked like it was the uh, airbase as well. That could be. That's my airport down here. It's technically owned by the airbase. Yeah, so I wonder if it's just like they kind of have an airport because I guess there's an airbase, so you may as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Because really, like, your next closest airport is Cleveland. Which is a good chunk away. Yeah, it's over an hour drive without traffic or Detroit which is two hours is Detroit really only two hours away from there from Toledo yeah yeah oh wow well to the airport the airport's a little um kind of northwest but that's like how the Toledo airport was like west of Toledo whatever it was yeah um okay hold on let's see let me zoom out over here. Yeah, I mean, like, Toledo is basically the state line. Yeah, I noticed that. And then you just take 75 north. And, uh... Go to 275, and then you, you're at DTW. Nice. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't really talk then. I assume the rest of your two-hour-and-a-half drive was okay to get back. Yeah, it was pretty uneventful. No one died on the road, nothing like that? Not that I know of. Okay, good. Um, So I wrote down stuff I've played or watched since we, we last talked. I think the most important one we need to talk about, AJ, is I went... I had to drive all the way out to Destin, which which I had to go on the tollway. It was a whole big deal, right? Because mm-hmm. I watched the Jay and Silent Bob double feature brought to you by Fandango. 
Um, what's going on there, bud? Sounds like the police are coming to get you. It's every time, I feel like. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so Toledo to Cleveland is just two hours. Okay. So, yeah. So, so Jay and Silent Bob double feature, right? So, I started with, it was a three and a half hour screening process, right? Because it was, first you watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is the 2001 film, right? Mm-hmm. Then they did a 15-minute, like, Kevin Smith video where he talked about the film. Then you go into Jalen Bo- Silent Bob Reboot, which is the reboot of Jalen Sub- Silent Bob Strike Back. That was the premiere of it. Hear me- That's what they did for um, uh, Super Troopers when I saw it. Okay. The uh, double feature. Mm-hmm. They showed... Super Troopers 1, which started at 420. Of course it did. Because of course. And then it was like a 15-20 minute intermission. Oh, we didn't get that. Well, like where the Kevin Smith video was. That would be, yeah. Like, we just didn't have anything. So what I liked about the Kevin Smith video is, though, he had a timer on the corner of the screen, so you knew how long you had. Hmm. Which was real nice if you had a pee. Because yeah. I would, oh, so you'd be real stressed walking out, kind of thing. See, so, so yeah, uh, okay, so they had James on about super. Gro- they didn't show the uh, super groovy cartoon movie. No, they did not. They just they just showed the original because this is the reboot of the movie. So they showed the original movie, yeah. which I'm gonna say the original movie, not one of Kevin Smith's best work, not his worst work, not one of his best, right? Oh, Strike Back is a bad movie. It's okay. It has Kevin Smith charm at points. There are other points where it's cringy as fuck. You want to you know my hot take? Oh, God. There's not a good Kevin, Kevin Smith Kevin Smith only has two good movies. Is it Clerks 1 and Clerks 2? No. What Then what is it? Clerks and, Mal- uh, Clerks and Dogma. You Okay, you don't like Mallrats? I would put Mallrats, like, right below that tier. Because you can't, you gotta admit, Mallrats, you could say there are problems with it, and I'll agree with you. It is a very entertaining film. Oh, it's entertaining. It's not a good movie. But, like, if I turn on, if you, like, to me, it's like, and I think Dogma's in the same chain for me. It's like, Dogma, Clerks 1, Clerks 2, Mallrats, I think are the echelon of his films. Like, Clerks is, like, Clerks and, uh, Robert Rodriguez's first movie. What was it called? Uh, uh, the, is it the black and white film? Yeah. God, I, I can picture in my head too. The one starring like Jessica Albano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, oh. not Sin City. Not Sin, Sin City was like after. What's his first movie? Um, Robert Rodriguez. Um, El Mariachi. That's what it's called. Oh, God. That was his first movie. Like, El Mariachi and, uh... Clerks. Clerks are, like, the two movies that people point to of, kind of, the last... Indies. Directors that made it from an indie. Then I agree with you on that one. Because Kevin Smith, you could say what you want critiquing him and his quality work. His career is one of the most fascinating things of how he turned this into a career, or, like, all of this at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's very fascinating. He went from, a like, a filmmaker all the time to part podcaster, now part TV, part making films. Like, like what his career is now is very interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm gonna stick with this. So I'm I'm not defending Strike Back. I actually really enjoy Reboot, but it's a you have to like Kevin Smith humor. It is a higher quality than Strike Back, but it is a if you don't like Kevin Smith, you're not gonna like Reboot. Because it's objectively okay. like his greatest. He just found a way to like combine his greatest hits in a less cringy way, which is what Strike Back was originally. Because mm-hmm. like you have, but you have people in this film of like Craig Robinson's a judge in this, and his name's like. Judge, jury, executioner. Get it? Because jury, Jerry, and then executioner. Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff like that in there. But, like, it's still entertaining. Um, he His daughter is, like, one of the main stars in the film. Uh, of course she is. Of course she is. And it's kind of like the joke in the film, obviously. Uh, the ending, the third act's very interesting. Because very publicly, the third act was going to be about Stan Lee. And then he died a month before filming start. So like that's a very so you get so like it's very interesting him talking about that too because he's like that third act was supposed to be like about Stanley starring Stanley, and he died. Mm-hmm. And like so it's so like in the credit scene they have it where Kevin Smith approached him and they had it on film of Stanley is like agreeing to star in the film so it's like notoriously this is Stanley's final time in a film with new footage really. Well, in the. Uh... Like, all of his, um, Marvel things. I think I'm done. I thought that was it. I thought we filmed Well, but they shot them all, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think after, uh, Age of Ultron? I thought a little bit after. I thought it was more... I thought it... I know it was before filming Infinity War and Endgame, but I think it was decently after Age of Ultron. I think yeah, it might be at Civil between, War. Between, I thought it was yeah. Civil War-ish is when they filmed them. They filmed a bunch of them, so it's... Like, right. So this is, like, newer yeah. footage of Stan Lee he actually had in here. Yeah. Which is why it's... Inter- like, that's why it's kind of like that that's sad thing in that one, too. Um, no, I actually really enjoy this film. Uh, it's also just interesting going to, like, a double feature, because, like, the audience you knew gets the humor, so, like, it's a very skewed audience. And the way they're promoting this film is very interesting. They're doing it what they call a road show, where they're literally going town to town, and then when they go to a town to premiere the film... That's when that town is then getting the film. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that idea. I'm not either, but I bet you it's from a box office point of view, hoping his numbers a lot better than his recent films have. Well, what's his most recent? Tusk, I think. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Let me pull up his. Uh, Is there a... Is it just the Fathom Events? Is the Roadshow? Uh, maybe. Nope. No, it's different. It's called, it's called, uh, like, Jay and Silent Bob Roadshow or something. It's Reboot Roadshow, I think. Reboot Tour. That's it. Um, Kevin Smith, IMDb. He was born in Red Bank, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, so perspective. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot so far has made 1.3 million dollars and it's in something served like seven towns currently its budget estimate is 10 million (laughs) yeah director so okay clerks mall rats chasing amy dogma jane silent bob clerks Uh, jersey girl clerks to Okay, Zack and Miri make a porno is a good movie. It's not Kevin Smith exclusive, though. That's what's interesting. That one's, like, he wrote, I think. No, he's the director. Oh, that's the only... I think that's the director movie he didn't write. That and 
Cop Out. I think are the two like that. Which is his next movie, then Red State, then Tusk, then Yoga Hosers. Oh, I'm sorry, then Yoga Hosers. Now this. Which, what is Yoga Hosers? That's the one starring his, all of his daughter and their, her friends. Lily Rose Depp, Harley Quinn. Yeah. And yes, Depp is in Depp. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um... Also, the reason Reboot's a big deal, too... Adam Brody. Uh, the reason... Harley Mortensen. I was gonna say, Reboot's a big deal because it's the first time he has Ben Affleck and Matt Damon since, like, 2001 in a film or whatever it is. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh... Okay. James Hunt and Bob Reboot. Tour. Reboot. Presented by Audible. No. I think it's all... Reboot. Roadshow. I think it's already been in Detroit. I could be wrong. I know it's been in Chicago. Already. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Their website is terrible. Oh, I'm not defending it. But the... Like, I can't find... There's nothing to click that says, like, hey, here's the list of cities. Roadshow schedule. It's, like, t-shirt, toys, and more. Like, buy merch. Oh, God. This website's actually atrocious. Yeah. Um, announces... Okay. Additional dates into 2020. No, it's going for a while. Okay, October 22nd. Oh. They had it at the Fillmore in Detroit and 20 Monroe Live and Grand Rapids. Is that... That's are, cool. Are those, are those good places, I take it? So the Fillmore is like... the Okay. I, I've heard of the Fillmore. To put you like I have heard so, of the Fillmore. Okay, so backstory on the Fillmore. Fillmore District in San Francisco is named after the Fillmore Theater. Okay, so it's a big deal. In San Francisco. They then went and kind of like made it a chain almost. But it's very exclusive, specific theaters. So like the Fillmore in Detroit is a great theater. It's not the Fox Theater by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a nice theater. It's a nice theater. It's pretty small. Um, 20 Monroe Live in Grand Rapids is owned by the Fillmore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of there like, okay, we're, you know, expanding a little bit. Um, let's see. Orlando, Tampa. This is why also I think by the time we talk about the end... He will have made his money back on this film because, like, we're at, like, 1.5 million now, and we've seen relatively few towns open. And, you know, they make a good chunk of money the nights they open. Well, but here's the thing, right? Like, if the movie costs $10 million to make, I wonder if this tour is probably $5 million. I don't think this tour. You really think? They're paying Jason yeah. Mewes and Kevin Smith to drive around the country. I don't think that costs you $5 million. Well, but in terms of, like, okay, they gotta stay in hotels, they gotta, like... Okay, here's the perfect example, right? Like, October 23rd, they were in Grand Rapids. The 25th, they're in Riverside, Iowa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then they go to St. Paul, Minnesota. Like, they're flying. They're clearly flying. But I, you know, I wonder, though, you know, you probably they go do. St. Paul, then St. Louis. Do you know, he was pro he's probably tying it to other podcasts to minimize costs. I don't know. And then, okay, so he goes, uh, this is this is the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. 
25th, Riverside, Iowa. 26th, St. Paul, Minnesota. 26th, they had double dates there. Uh, 27th, St. Louis. 28th, Columbus. Like, he is clearly flying. They're not driving. Oh, yeah. Then the 30th, they're in Houston. Then the 31st, then San... Like, you know, there's just... The stretch that they have to make, they have to fly. And that's true. I'm just thinking, though, and maybe we're going to get the profitability then. I think it's a very interesting way to release a film. And I'm, I'm curious... Two years from now, when we get to see more numbers, what this looked like. It's either going to be a success, or people are going to look at it and go, "That was stupid." But it's also Kevin Smith, so like he's kind of putting his which podcasting it like that. He's kind of using his way he's made a career to market this film, which is what makes it interesting. Here's the thing, though. This is coming from somebody that is in the film industry myself or at least was for a a good couple of years but is kind of like out of the comic like i never got into comics which kevin smith is very clearly like his audience are comic book fans oh yeah like you there's very few people that like kevin smith that are like oh you know I'm gonna go see, you know. Mallrats' entire plotline is about comic books. Like we all agree. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the you know, how big it really is his audience? I bet you it's decently like that's big. that's got to be a diehard audience. No, it's diehard, but I bet you it's decently big. Yeah, maybe. Like I mean, like okay. Toronto, Montreal, big cities. Mm-hmm. Fargo, North Dakota. Small city. Small city. How many Kevin Smith fans are there? But what does that really cost to send them there for a weekend? Yeah. Three grand? Like, like you can probably make three grand if you do a special screening well, like this. and I'm noticing he's going to a lot of, like, historical theaters. Right, so there's a lot of... So, like, I mean... For we know. In Fargo, he was playing the Fargo Theater, which is a pretty pretty classy place. But if, pretty, um, but if anything, I'm saying that you might you might come up with a strike a deal with those theaters being like, hey, they don't charge you, and then in return, they like they, they might get a ton of money from him being there and selling out the theater from concessions. Maybe. I find it hard that they wouldn't charge him, though. I find it hard, too, but I'm saying you might have pending the theater location. They might, Like, if you told... A historic film set. You could have someone like Kevin Smith, who gets what you want, will sell out the theater. It might be worth it to them. Here's the thing. I'm only seeing, like, five places that you can get tickets. Yeah, I don't I don't know if all tickets are on sale. I don't know how that works. It doesn't look like it. Uh, also, the other interesting thing as we wrap up this topic on this film, uh, Saban Films financed it, which I didn't realize was a thing. Like, like the Power Rangers yes, people? They made apparently a production company like 13 years ago that apparently finances other things. Because its, its predecessor is Saban Entertainment which yes is Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Which is also owned by Disney. <laughs> yeah. So what? Everybody's owned by Disney now at this point. 
Also, this is one of the first Kevin Smith movie um, that is not Weinstein produced. This might be the second only ever. Well, that'd be kind of tough to do in this day. But it's interesting because, like, I didn't even process this because, like, when I watched when I was watching um, Strike Back, mm-hmm. it ended with and a special thanks to Harvey Weinstein who finances all my films. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, you have to remember, like, say what you will about Harvey Weinstein. Is he a creep? Yes. Did he do terrible things? Yes. yes. Did he absolutely love? independent cinema yes yes and and he is the guy that made so many careers so many independent movies work like he's a terrible person his brother's better from what i've heard i haven't heard any i haven't heard the same shit as brother besides he had to sell the company for obvious reasons i that's all i really heard i haven't heard anything about his brother otherwise i think i think harvey's brother was more of the like money man so he probably just went someplace else and hit in a corner <laughs> Yeah. Which is I would have done. Like, Harvey was the producer. Like, he's the one that, you know, produced by the Weinstein company, Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. I think his brother was, like, the the one that ran TWC. Mm-hmm. So, nice. it's, uh, you know, it's not as big of a deal for um, him if he decided to, I forget what his brother's name is, I think it's another age. Um, if he decided to get back into it, he would probably have to change his name, but I mean, you could also do like, think about it. If I want to say it's Howard, you think it's Howard Weinstein? I think it's Harvey and Howard, isn't it? No, I don't. I I was thinking it was like a Matt. Hold on. Let me pull up Harvey Weinstein's. Bob, Bob Weinstein. Yep. Okay. Yep. It. it, it like we're so far out. Um. Dimension Films is the one. Oh. You know Dimension Films. I do. Oh, wait, I do. Yeah. I I get pictured in my head. They did Spy Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you go. You knew the reference. I know it. <laughs> Well, the second I saw the logo, I'm like, you know Dimension Films. The moment you said I could picture the logo in my head, too. Like, I, I could picture that, like, kind of early 2000s CG logo. Yeah. Um, guess who their original uh, parent company was? Disney. Well, uh, it wasn't their original, but... Was it not Disney? Nope. You said of... What's the name of the production company again? Uh, Dimension. Uh, is it like Sony? Well, okay. So, technically, this company was their parent a year before Walt Disney. But that's because Disney bought... Their parent. Their parent company. Yeah. Was it someone stupid like Marvel? No. Think about... Okay, anything Weinstein Company has ever done... What other logo is there? Oh, yeah. It's a pretty... Miramax. Memorable, yeah. Okay. Duh. Okay, I, I was trying to think. Because, yeah, isn't... I've got Weinstein <coughs> Miramax, so, like, I forgot who owns who and all yeah. that shit. Miramax bought... Miramax Dimension. did help uh, do Jay and Silent Bob also. I don't, I don't know, like, when, how the deals all struck, but, like, they were there, too. But not, obviously, Weinstein. 
Well, I think that's because Miramax, you know, I at one point owned the Weinstein Company. Yeah, I don't know how any of that works. All I know is Legally Clerks is a Disney film, which is what Kevin Smith always laughs about. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, Miramax was founded in 79 by the Weinstein Brothers. Um, before it was acquired in 93. Pulp Fiction is a Disney movie. Right, because it's, yeah. Pulp Fiction is and Clerks are. I don't know when... No, like, Walt Disney Company bought Miramax right before Pulp Fiction. Okay. Um, the Weinsteins operated Miramax until 05 when they left and founded the Weinstein Company. Miramax was sold by Disney to Film Yard Holdings. In 2016, it was sold to BN Media Group. <laughs> That's very interesting. I didn't realize they were owned by BN. Nice. Um, okay, so that's kind of stuff I've seen. I have a lot of games I've played. Do you want something that... You've been playing Destiny 2 a lot, haven't you? Uh, yeah. I got back into Destiny. After their, uh... Um, Steam release. Which, that's been a whole debacle. Did I talk about that? I don't think I've... No. Because <laughs> I saw you playing Destiny 2 the other day, I was like, The hell is he doing? I thought I told you about the whole character transfer debacle. Maybe not. Yes, Maybe you told me the character transfer debacle. That's what you're talking about. I just forgot that. So the uh, character transfer stuff still ha doesn't work for me. So I either have to buy Forsaken or just deal with it. I'm just going to deal with it. Um, also, it, like, it recognizes on the... Um, Bungie site that I'm in a clan mm -hmm. but then I go into Destiny and my Steam character is not in a clan interesting so that kind of sucks but yeah I mean it's just Destiny 2 so what are you doing then in Destiny I know you're playing are you playing the campaign you're playing expansions like what are you doing um so like right now I'm playing through the Shadow Keep, which is the new expansion. Okay. I've heard good things. Yeah, it's alright. It's kind of cool what they did to the moon. Um, and actually what they did in terms of the new like thing mm -hmm. they put everywhere. So that's really cool. It's a lot like uh, what was it? The Taken. Where they'll show up anywhere. The Liam Neeson film? <clears throat> no. Oh. The um Destiny of the Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had the weird the they had the weird like remixes of all the Vax or whatever in the Taken. No, I'm thinking Taken Yeah, Taken King, right? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, Taken King. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not crazy. Um <laughs> like wait yeah. a second. Well, and it's not just the Vax, sometimes there's uh The other ones, yeah. But I'm just I could picture that. I was like it was the idea was they were taken by this external force kind of thing and the hive I think. Yeah. Or not the there's some king or whatever. It's the Vax that or, or not the Vex, the uh, Cabal that are taken. You would, yeah, again. I like Destiny. I understand playing it. I can't tell you a shit that happened to you a couple years later. <laughs> oh, names. Yeah. I cannot tell you um, names. I can tell you all the enemies. Okay, Vex. Yep. Um, Cabal. 
Yep. And the other guys. The husk guy looking fuckers. I don't know their names. The hive. The hive, okay. You think that'd be the one I would notice? Then there's the fallen. <laughs> then there's the taken. And I guess technically what they introduced in Shadowkeep isn't a new enemy type. Okay. Per se. Per se. Okay. It gets weird, because, like, the Taken are clearly different Cabal. But it's the same. Whereas, I mean, they're the same models, but they're, like, the weird black, uh, like, void, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the things they added in Shadowkeep just kind of have this aura around them that uh, separates them. Mm-hmm. And they can be any type. So, it's, it's Destiny, it's fun. Okay. Um, it's the best loot shooter out there. Schluter. Schluter is the term you're looking for. Also, I can guarantee the grind in Destiny 2 is better than the grind in Borderlands 3. I don't know if I agree with you on that. Why do you say that? I'm curious. Well, I can tell you, I played Borderlands 2, and if it's anything like Borderlands 2, um... You're constantly picking up just dog shit. And Destiny 2 balanced itself to do the, like... Isn't Destiny 2 well, balanced for the continual upgrade? They, like, don't give you two scatter shots? Yeah, so, like, until you hit one of the caps, you're getting better and better gear. Borderlands 3, I think they're actually... I think on the back end might be doing something similar, because I've noticed less so of the Borderlands 2 problem. But, like, if... For instance, uh, you just picked up, you know, a bunch of guns. They could be worse. You have to go back to some place to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas in D2, you can just dismantle from your character screen. That's true. Um, so, like, if you pick up something that's dog shit, you can just quick dismantle it. Which is where I'm at now, because I'm over the 900 cap. Which is, is that the soft cap until... That's the that's the soft cap for, um, like, just open world. Mm -hmm. So now I need to get powerful gear, and um, that will drop where I'm at or higher. Okay. The tough part is they have the, the artifact for the season. Mm-hmm gives you um a power boost so like i think my character is a 9 14 or 15 light level but he's got like a plus six power rating from his artifact so like if i look on my character screen i'm 920 something but all the gear that's dropping is like 913 okay so I'm not going to be able to, you know, I'm not going to upgrade just from the open world. I have to go and grind out um, powerful gear. Okay. Which isn't an issue. It's pretty easy to do. So you're going to say you like Destiny 2? Yeah, I've always liked Destiny 2. Nice. 
Um, so the next thing I've been playing, uh, so yesterday from when we were recording this, Outer Worlds came out. Yep. So I started playing that. Not the game I would have bought, but... Oh, because it was between that and Call of Duty is when I was jumping between. Uh, I bought Outer Worlds because I've been having that Fallout itch I needed fixed. And, uh, this game is literally, after playing it for a bit, Bioshock meets, like, Fallout. <laughs> so it's a good, perfect game for me in that scenario. I really... Also, they they got gifted their PR campaign. Oh, that is true. Yeah, I was watching videos of them talk, of like, I forgot who, I think it was Game Info was doing an interview and the developers, and they're like, they're like, so when Fallout 76 happened, the, he, the guy just looked at him and said, it was a miracle. <laughs> well, all they had to do was say, you know, our game works. No, because if you remember right, what happened is Fallout 76 debacle happened, and then literally... They walk on the Game Award stage, and it's like, from the original creators of Fallout and the developers of Fallout New Vegas, which everyone defines, like, New Vegas, New Vegas in three is people define as the best two modern Fallout games, obviously, and New Vegas is, like, the cult classic one, especially after 76, everyone's like, oh, right, those people. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if they were given... Yeah, they got, they got gifted a PR campaign, it's ridiculous. Oh, they did. I stick with... I can't think of, well, okay... What other game would have been gifted a PR campaign like this? I don't know if there... Is there anything tied to, like, Mass Effect 3 and another choice game coming out? Anything like those lines? Um, so I'm trying to think of, like, big events that could have led to something like that. I mean, probably the biggest one was the PS4 launch. Oh, yeah, obviously. It's, it's the PS4 with the Xbox. Because you know the best, as we saw in person, was that video of sharing games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and we got the story from the source Which of I, how it happened. I love that so much. Um, but back on to Outer Worlds for a second. Outer Worlds, I really enjoy. Um, I'm going to give it the props, which you'll be in shock about. It works, unlike... The, like, there's no actual, like, Fallout level bugs in this game that I've seen. I kind of hoped there wouldn't have been. Right, so one of the negatives, or positive depending who you ask, is it's not as open as, like, Fallout games are, so that's why I think the Bioshock comparison is very apt. It's that level of openness of, like, you can't pick everything up, but, like, there's a good chunk of stuff in every room you can pick up, with how the enemies spawn. It still has the very Obsidian-style, Fallout RPG-style of, like, the c comedy in the here, how you do dialogue choices, the, the decisions actually matter... Um, the shooting actually is surprisingly good for an RPG first. I was concerned about that, but they found a way to, like, make not vats and actually make shooting that's fun. Pretty easy to do. It is, but, like, obviously, like, Fallout, for example, is the notorious comparison of shooting that, like, a shooter that shooting sucked in. So. I mean, like, RPGs and shooters... The problem is... It's if you do a shooter first and an RPG first. It comes down to a lot of time. Is yeah. What is your priority? Yeah, if your priority is the RPG, which to me at least would be the easiest part, so it wouldn't be my priority. Mm, easiest part's a relative term, but okay. Well, like, it's easy to do a story. Like, it's, I, it's pretty easy uh, to... I don't know if, again, easy is not a term I like to use there, but go on. It's easy. Well, 
it's in, in comparison to like making a good shooter is very difficult. So the the way I'll give it easy to you is it's easier in an engine, but out of engine it's still really hard. Yeah. Like like writing and well, fail branching stuff, like that's not easy objectively. No, but in terms of like you can have writers and they can write like so you can find people that like to write outside of the games world and therefore make an RPG easier on like from the creation end. Okay. Whereas like if you're gonna create a shooter, it's tough because shooters are extremely popular and the best one year after year except for maybe no even even it's off years it's probably still the best feeling shooter i'm still gonna give it to it mm. it it feels um, you could say you don't like the theme or whatever if i just blindly said how does this game feel call of duty might objectively win every year well no like ghost apparently had some issues um Advanced Warfare wasn't that great. But again, I think these complaints, though, I don't know. The issue with these complaints, I think, are the most valid complaints of any Call of Duty in a year is, is it feels similar to the year before. But in isolation, it's the best-feeling shooter uh, of the year. No, well, yeah, okay. But, like, uh, Advanced Warfare, the shooting wasn't that great because it almost felt like they focused too much on the... Uh, Max. Jump packs. No, Advanced Warfare was the first year of the... Uh, Exosuits. Okay, okay, that's what it was. So it felt like they focused a little too hard on that. And kind of the shooting hurt because of it. But in general, I'm okay, maybe you could give me such, but I think as a broad rule of thumb, the best Call of Duty complaints are it's the same as the year before, not that they feel bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you have, like, if you have a Call of Duty game and the complaint you hear the most is, oh, it feels like the last one. Right, that's not a complaint. Like, objectively, that's not as, a complaint. <laughs> as long as the last game isn't Ghost, which took way too long to kill somebody, or Advanced Warfare, which just felt a little too floaty. But the rest of them, like, like any Black Ops, any Modern Warfare, even Infinite Warfare, like, all, like any of these games, I go, they feel great to play. That's not the issue. <laughs> yeah. Black Ops 3, terrible game. The jump packs, the exosuits were terrible. But it feels great. shooting feels great. felt great. Actually, I don't hate the abilities in Call of Duty and Black Ops 3. I don't love them, but I don't think they're the worst thing in the world. It was an interesting twist. Yeah. Uh, I will say it looks like, by all accounts, the Modern Warfare reboot. Mm-hmm. The shooting appears to have taken uh, Battlefield influences. Which I don't know if is a bad thing. No, like Battlefield 4 is probably the best multiplayer shooter ever created. I haven't played enough to give an argument anyway. Just because, like... Well, okay, first off, it's modern weapons. The vehicles are great. The maps are pretty good. The shooting just feels right. Like, it feels, you know, when you get a headshot, it feels good. And when you, you know, you know if you missed a sniper shot. Like, you're like, oh shit, gotta aim up, gotta aim left, gotta aim right. You know, stuff like that. And just everything feels so good playing Battlefield 4. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Battlefield 1 
terrible. Um, Battlefield 5 is getting better. It's also, what, two years old? Or a year old, at least? A year and a half old? I think... I think this December is its two-year anniversary, isn't it? That sounds right. Battlefield 5? They are just releasing the Pacific update. Uh, release date September 2018. Or, sorry, November 2018. So it'll be a year. Man, this has been a long year. Wait, that's it? Yeah. That's what I said. October 31st, Chapter 5, War in the Pacific, which brings amphibious assaults and all-out warfare across iconic battlefields, with the U.S. and Japan in it. So this will be the introduction of the Japanese. Um, yeah, like, Battlefield 5 just feels rough. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can really point to of why it feels rough, but it just feels rough. Um, and Modern Warfare just... From a graphics point of view, it looks like Battlefield 4 on a PC. Which, again, not exactly a complaint. No. <laughs> I mean, Battlefield 4 is one of the best-looking games. Still. I'm not going to say of all time. But it's still but up there. In terms of, like, that game was a launch on the PS4. Which is... Wasn't that the one that has a notoriously rough launch? Like, atrocious launch, I thought? It had a rough launch. Okay. Um, if you go back to that still, still looks good. Mm-hmm. Still plays good. Um, if you were to go back to... I think Advanced Warfare was the launch. Or maybe it was Ghost. Um, Xbox One, PS4. Doesn't look that great. Doesn't play that great. Like... So Call of Duty has definitely improved, mm -hmm. whereas Battlefield has stayed stagnant or declined. But yeah, I mean, like, that proves that making a shooter is tough, because there's really only two. And then we have our exceptions every couple of years, like Doom or Titanfall, that blow everyone out of the water. Doom's pretty easy, though. Like, the shooting of Doom... If you think about it, is just straight out of the original Doom. It is, but I'm gonna stick with there's, modernizing there's it. There's no bullet drop. Modernizing no, like, it takes some a lot of work to making it feel right in a yeah. modern context, feel like a modern game, not you remaking an old game. Yeah, that's true. Titanfall is ex Call of Duty guy, so it makes sense. It is. Uh, uh, Apex, which I've been playing a lot recently too, I still think feels a lot like Titanfall when it comes to shooting, which is why we like it. I wonder why. <laughs> That's almost like it's the same team or something. I was going to say, it's probably because it's the people that created Titanfall. It still blows my mind that Apex is on Source. Like, that still blows my mind. Also, the only reason that uh, it's 60 players. That's true. But, like... Because Source can't take more than 60. But, like, if you think about it, like, their other games are in Unreal. Oh, they also have Frostbite because they're EA now. They're in Source. Uh, no, Titanfall was Source. No, no, but no, but the new games are Unreal. Star Wars is Unreal. 
yeah. And I think the Medal of Honor, which they announced in the VR game, I think is also Unreal. Are they doing a VR Medal oh, of Honor? Oh, yeah. So they've been secretly doing an Aquas VR game for the last three years and didn't announce it until a couple weeks ago. And it was Medal of Honor VR. That's all we know about it. You want to know who fucked up big time? Who? The creators of Medal of Honor. Because <laughs> you know the story. That's Isn't Call of Duty a spinoff of Medal of Honor, guys? Yes. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was that was the fight. Then Call of Duty devs split off because it's something with money. And they made Infinity... No, they made in, Treyarch, I think? Or Infinity Ward. Did Call of Duty... Infinity Ward. Yeah, Infinity Ward. Then Infinity Ward left because they didn't get payment issues. <laughs> I think it was all Vincent Bella. I think it's. I think he's the chain between all three. Um, Like, Medal of Honor... The reboot, mm-hmm. the tier one, the beards, was the first, like, I think it came out just before Battlefield 4, of, like, the first realistic-looking modern shooters. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing that they did for Warfighter, mm-hmm. which was the second one, which for whatever reason bombed, shouldn't have, it's a great game. Isn't that um, the one with all of the explosions to get into doors? <laughs> the 50 ways to get into doors? Maybe? I remember one of there the is, I can't remember had all of the different ways you could explode a door. Yeah, I think it started in the reboot, and then they brought it into Warfighter. Okay. Where as you, more, the more doors you breached, the different ways you could do which, it. Which, <laughs> you know some designer, like, pitches in a meeting, like, half drunk was like, hear me out. We have an exploding door mechanic that gets better. I mean, like, you don't start blowing up doors until the last few. But, like, it's on paper. Why would you spend time on that? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It gives you a, uh... Oh, no, no. I'm not against it, but I don't know who approved of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um... (coughs) But, like, Warfighter had this really cool thing where... It's almost a predecessor to, like, uh, Siege and, I guess, Black Ops 3, mm-hmm. where different characters had different abilities. Hmm. So, like, the uh, JTF2 guys from Canada had different abilities from the SEAL guys. Interesting. Yeah, and, like, different loadouts. Like, they could carry different things and stuff like that. So you had to build kind of around your, you know, the, the tier one that you chose. And as such, like, the SEALs had, you know, basically the guns you see in a lot of games now. Whereas the Japanese guys had, like, just Japanese brands. You know, they didn't necessarily have all of the stuff that the SEALs had. And, like, they had signed deals with the manufacturers. So, like, an M4 wasn't just the M4A1. It was the Colt M4. It was the uh, Macmillan sniper rifles. Like, so they had, you know, the deals and everything put in place where you could, you know, go, oh, like, this is a real gun. Like, not just, you know, oh, it looks real or it's an M4. Like, this is the Colt M4. This is the Silencer Coast uh, Silencer. This is a, um, 
who's the Trijicon ACOG. You know, here's a Magpul stock, the magazine, the foregrip. Like, so they had signed deals with everybody. So, in reality, you could have gone out and bought the gun that you're using. Huh. It would have cost a lot. It would have cost thousands and thousands of dollars, but no, I live you could have done it. I live in Florida. You get them like candy? No, like a Colt M4 civilian one is, I think, 600 bucks. Like, the cheapest silencer is, from Silencer Co., is like 500 bucks plus a $200 tax stamp. So that's 700 bucks. And ACOG site is a bare minimum of $1,500. And uh, full Magpul hardware, if you didn't get it already on the M4, is probably an additional 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a minimum of, what is that, like? 3500 bucks. Hmm. Um, nice. Um, so yeah, that was a fun stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I played. Uh, I have, I said I've been playing Apex a lot. Um, I am officially Silver 2 for the season so far. So I'm slowly getting somewhere. Uh, yeah, you, you played Apex when I stopped, which is funny because I played Apex when you weren't. That, that is true. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I have a couple of the like because you get enough credit over time to get more characters. Uh, so I have I have Mirage, which is the guy that does clones, and I have I forgot the. I hate his ability. It's just stupid. Oh. I, I I like it in solo actually a lot more than the solo mode because that's how you get people. I also have the I forgot her name. It's the girl that does the electric shocks. Uh, Watson. Yeah, she's interesting i don't know how to put it i like the idea of this newest character crypto i think very much so because one of my friends is crypto because he has the drone that basically gives you an endless uav yeah otherwise i've been playing i'm glad you got watson because that was a character i was looking at because i've got enough credits to unlock a dlc character Mm -hmm. and i'm like mirage just looks stupid his ability isn't that great. It's surprisingly good when you're hiding or at the end of the game. It's not good early game. And um, caustic. I guess if you can control a room. Oh, you know that is hundred percent. So it's caustic. So you the combo right now, which we've been doing early game a lot, is you have a train now on this new map that goes around. Yeah. You. Go in the front of the car while it's driving. You have Caustic up there, barricade the room to death. And then what you do is you have a Wraith portal. Because the the Wraith portal is static to the world's location, even if it's on a moving object. So you push it back, and if an enemy is chasing to get up to you, you push him off the train. And that works. And do you... Die falling no, off the train? No, but um, it's enough so that like if you're trying to get out of an encounter you can't get out of, they they get pushed back. Because what it is is how the portal works is you have the one area where it starts at, and then when you like when you release, it's the end of it. But since you're moving forward the entire time, it goes super far back by the time you let go. And then when you let it go, the train moves past it, so if a person's running, it, they'll hit the portal because they can't avoid it. So they'll be stuck real far back. 
So, but like the second end of the portal doesn't stick onto the train. No, it's just there. it's in a static world location. So that's why. So it wouldn't help it. you like get off. No, but it'll help you'll push the enemies off. Which is the goal in that scenario. Oh, I see what you mean. So, like, it's more of an escape hatch without you leaving the train. So, like, you have a wraith, just plop a portal, push the enemies. Yes. And by the time it pushes them, they're off the train. They're not going to catch up to it. So you have, then, until the next train stop to figure out what you're doing. Which, mm -hmm. depending where you are in the game, those extra 30 seconds could make or break you. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, so my nephew and mom was over this last week, so I pulled up the PSVR for a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I played some super hot VR a bit some more. So we, I think we played through all of that. Uh, and then we played Beat Saber. Beat Saber is still... I'm going to still stick with this. I know Beat Saber is like the popular VR game. Super hot still objectively better. Yeah. Beat Saber is easy, though, to be like, okay, you have a red, you have a blue. Hit in, the, hit in the direction. Blue hits blue, red hits red, the arrow says what direction you need to go. And then parkour around the walls. That's all the entire game is. Which, again... Whereas, like, describing super hot to somebody is tough. I don't know if it's that tough. Enemies move when you move. Grab a gun or a weapon in the world and every enemy is one hit. But it's also, okay, if you take cover, nothing's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's not like they're going to push up. It's funny, interesting, watching my nephew, because my, my trick a lot of times when you're in cover is I just rotate my hand in like a 90 degree yep. rotation to push enemies to you. Yeah, you just if you just move your hand back and forth. So I just twist it until I see bullets where I need to, and then I adjust. Yeah. Which is why that's interesting. It's also a little bit harder for people first time to be like, okay, you need spatial awareness. Because it doesn't tell you, oh, there's somebody spawning in behind. Which I think is, I think part of the fun of that game is figuring out the puzzle in front of you. And behind you. Okay, but in, relative in front of you. Yeah. Like, I think the, the fun part is figuring out where enemies are in that location. Like, if it told you, I wonder if it wouldn't be as fun. No, but it's all... Uh, the point of, like... The spawn points don't stop until you clear everyone. That's true. So, like... Um, you know, you could be standing in a spot... And all of a sudden, the spawn point is in a doorway behind you. You don't know and just get obliterated. Mm -hmm. But then you know, so then you just go through it again. And you're ready. Which, super hot, I think, is one of the best games at... Just learn. Just play it, die. Okay, you know where everywhere everyone is. Go again. And once you get in that groove, that flow, it feels really good. And you're able to just fly through some of those levels. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. 
Has anything else that you've been poking at? Um, MLB the show, but that's baseball. Of course it is. It was kind of odd that they gave away 19. I figured they would have given away 18. Are you shocked by the announcement that NBA 20 is coming next year? What do you mean? I was more of a joke. They announced it like it was, I think it's March next year, like usual. 2K or? Uh, no. NBA. Oh, I said NBA. My bad. Yeah, NBA. What's, oh. Or MLB. MLB. I don't know. Yeah, that's what, okay. I was like, NBA, of course. That's why like, I keep staring at you like, yeah? <laughs> MLB. Yeah. Um, I, here's a good question for you, because maybe you'll think this through. Do you think when it comes to, like, the year afters, do they do a double skew again? Or do you think they just stick to a gen and run with it? Well, I have a feeling, like, for 2021, mm -hmm. it will just be MLB 21. And so on PS4, it will only show up as PS4. Okay, so you're thinking that's... On PS5, it will only show up as PS5. Because, like, when it was PS4 came out, PS3 and PS4 were almost different games is my understanding um from the mlb side i don't think they were that different um wwe games were completely different mm -hmm. and I think it was NBA 2K. Was different. So speaking of WWE games for a second, have you been following 2020? Uh, yeah. How did they make it worse? Uh, you fire the people that knew how to make it work. Because like, I'm never going to sit here and say any of the games were amazing, right? But the last two years or three years decently worked. Also, you knew you were having problems. <laughs> Could you not just go back to 19 and just and bring in the characters? Oh, yeah. Prime example, Bianca Belair. I thought the prime example would be The Rock, but okay. <laughs> well, he just looks weird. That's what I mean. Just bring his old model in. Yeah. Bianca Belair, they had her entrance for 19. I think she was a DLC character. But they had her entrance, and everything worked fine. The hair worked. It all worked. This year, her... If you don't know who Bianca Belair is, her main feature is that she has this giant braid that's about as long as she is tall. And she'll whip people with it, basically. Mm-hmm. And her insurance, she comes out and twirls it around in her hand. And so in 19, they had it work. In 20, it's like the hair is rigid. And it's spit like it's got a um, joint in there that it rotates around. Mm -hmm. It looks terrible. So. I still can't process like the bugs you see on this game. Is just absurd. 
Yes. yes. Like, I don't understand. Like, how can they just not get it right? Again, it's wrong because you fired the people that knew how to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's doesn't get much easier to explain than, you know, they fired the people that knew how to make it work because they said, oh, we're, we're internally trying to make our game better. Like, that was the whole point of that, you know, that announcement was we're working on another wrestling game to make WWE better. Mm-hmm. And WWE and 2K were just like, nah. You're not working on our game? Get out of here. Like, they had a team working on 2K20. I can almost guarantee it. Mm-hmm. At, uh, Ukes. But they just took them off. And they're like, okay, you guys are gone. You're not working, you know, you're not focusing. Your main focus isn't 2K20. Get out of here. I would have stuck around with them, you know, let them put out 2K20. Let's see what this internal wrestling game is that is supposedly better. If we like the look of it, go in that direction. It probably wouldn't be 21 that would see all those changes. It'd probably be 22, but still. You at least have two wrestling games coming out, you know, in... Uh, 20 and 21 that are competent wrestling games like say what you will Ukes at least made a competent game yeah they're they're competent my argument it's not like they were amazing games but they worked that you could play them you'd have a decent experience the only time like you got glitches in those games was when you kind of forced it into a that situation. is not true i have totally done it i've done like where you're doing like a pin and also the person just teleports behind me okay i have had that but on very very rare occasions mm-hmm. like when you put a bunch of ladders and a bunch of shit in the ring of course it's gonna break because how does it handle that like you know they didn't mocap somebody you know laying on a table and then all of a sudden there's a chair you know they didn't mocap them rolling off a table onto a chair so what do they do they probably just like clip into the chair and it freaks out Mm -hmm. so and a lot of glitches that you saw were from created characters or custom characters makes sense You know, you're going to have troubles if you make a guy, you know, 6'8", and make him, you know, just a beast of a human being and give him, like, a diva's entrance. Of course stuff's going to fuck up. <laughs> like, anytime, that's the thing, right? Like, all of the weird uh, 19 glitches that you saw... Were people like changing entrances or custom characters? Where now it's just they exist. Now it's everything. So like, of course, in nineteen there were going to be glitches because people were fucking everything up. Whereas in twenty, it's just like, all right, this game's terrible. I mean, 
the Giant Bomb Quick Look, they mention Wrestling Revolution 3D, mm-hmm. which was a mobile game years ago. They made it into a console game, I think a year or two ago. That is better than 2K20. Mm-hmm. That's all that needs to be said. So it's atrocious. Yep. Games are fucked up, people. Games are fucked up. I agree. Um, other fucked Last up of Us got pushed. I was gonna say the other fucked up game when you talk about. September. You know what fucked up game this is. So, Fallout 76 decided to pull the curtain <laughs> and decide they're an MMO now with a subscription model. How did that turn out for them, AJ? Would you like to tell the people? Well, okay. I'm not a Fallout fan. Never will be. Um, never really got into Bethesda games, I think. Bethesda is riding high on goodwill from a game that's holds uh, the one before Skyrim. Uh, Obsidian? Or three? Which one are you talking about? Skyrim. Oblivion. Oblivion. Okay, so I don't know what you're asking. They're riding high on Oblivion, and that's what, 15 years old? Mm-hmm. And people are just like, oh, it's another Bethesda game. Like, peek behind the curtain, guys. The writing's terrible. I don't know if I agree with you on that one, but okay. Cause, okay, cause I, Fall, okay, Fallout 3 had some good stories, le, but there was some like, bad writing in 4. Uh, I don't know if I agree with you, because it's, it's a certain style. That's part of it, too. It's a certain, it literally is a certain comedy style. Well, not just the comedy. Like, There's just storylines that are just not that good. Okay, but like that's any game. I don't know, But I don't agree with you on the net quality of the whole game. It's writing. Gameplay? bad. <laughs> I mean, the whole joke about Skyrim is that horses can go up vertical walls, more or less. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Like, the love, that, okay, the love that they get for their games is because there are people out there fixing them. Modding in, like, proper movement, or even they modded in the uh, dialogue from Fallout 3, the dialogue tree style, instead of just the whatever they had in 4, just the button prompts. Oh, yeah, no, I don't like the way they streamlined a lot of 4. I think, like, 3 and New Vegas's options were a lot better there. Like, Fallout 4, I, I don't think there's a lot of love for 4, but... You know, a lot of their games, the love that people get out of them and the enjoyment they get is because they're going on and getting, oh, here's the Fallout 3 bug fix patch. See, and I don't know if I agree with you at all on that thing because there's enough console people who don't see any of this shit. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. Maybe they just worked better on console. I think there's a chime there that underline behind the bug is what it is. Like, I really like the theme of them. I think the writing is fine. I like the way you can interact with stuff in them. Like, New Vegas is my prime example, one of my favorite games ever. Well, that's also not a BGS game. But it 
is ran on a BGS engine with the same amount of bugs as something beneath it. Yeah. Uh, but the th- I mean, the people that created New Vegas were the people that created Fallout. That's true. But I'll say the underlying so between gonna, the, the underlying between story. all of this though is there is a game there in its foundation that I think is quality between all of the games besides 76, which is the fundamental problem with it. And also, I think 76, the other big problem, which I think we both agree is, they grabbed the piece that no one cared about in the Fallout games, which is the base building, and then added online to it, which is the problem. When you hear people talk about what they like about Fallout games, it is not the building your home. Right. So you remove any also, of the stuff that is the writing or the quests or the NPCs that people cared about in some capacity. If, if you had labeled 76 as a early access game, you believe it. Look at the success that like Daisy or um, Rust or any of those had. Any of those survival games. In fact, they're still all early access. I think Daisy is finally official. Daisy is official, but like Rust, I think it's still early access. I think you're right. Yeah. So, if you had just thrown the early access tag on this, probably 85% of this game would have been. I'm not going to say redeemable, but, been but understandable. Yeah. Like, oh, of course there's not NPCs because it's early access. Mm-hmm. Or, of course the whatever isn't that great because early access. And also, I think the thing with them, which is part of it, is people who like those games, which obviously is not you, accept a certain amount of bugginess in the final thing, but this was beyond the norm. That, well, okay. That's my biggest problem. There are numerous games out there that work perfectly fine, that have no, like, you're not going to interact with a bug every time you start the game. Mm-hmm. Best example, any Call of Duty game. You're never going to run into bugs. Or if you do, like, they're probably game-breaking in the sense that, like, the game's going to crash. Mm-hmm. Because something weird happened. Right. And so its default is just, oh, this shouldn't be happening. Kill the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just... If you have to accept... Like, if you have to go into a game and go, oh, well, I know there's going to be this bug, this bug, this bug, this bug. You know, if you... If you can say, oh, this is a Fallout game, it's going to have this list of bugs, why are you playing that See, game? See, and I disagree with you completely, because I think there's the underlying quality in the thing beyond the bugs, which is what makes it acceptable. And this is where we, that's, and this that's is where we fine, disagree on that. That's fine, but if you have to go into a game and go like, shit's going to break, but when it works, it's good... And the reason I disagree with you is because I think it's beyond good when it works. And I think that's where the forgiveness comes from. Well, okay, take the the term out of it. But, like, whatever term you want to use works. Like, if it's going to break, but if it isn't broken, you're like, this is really good. But you're eventually going to run into something that makes it break. You just know. Like, this this was our panel at... GDEX. Mm-hmm. Finding enjoyment in the bad stuff. I just can't do that in Fallout games. See, and, and to me, and I think it's where we disagree fundamentally is 
the line of percentage that is bad stuff is I think probably where we disagree on. Yeah. And I think that's well, probably I, part of it. I do. I think you can tell through the games that I've played. I do not accept broken shit. Right, and I and I think, but also I bet you there's stuff because I'm not. I don't have it on top of my head to nitpick enough. I bet you there's stuff that in games that you really enjoy that I would define as either broken or whatever, and you go, ah, but it's so low percentage or whatever, or the underlying thing is so good, and I think that's what Fallout is to me. I, you would have to dig, because I can't think of... Even I can't think of any game that I would point to and be like, oh, this game's really broken, but... Um, yeah. Anyway... Fallout 76 is a goddamn dumpster fire that started the California wildfires. <laughs> it's not even built in California. It's built in Texas. Still, it's a dumpster fire that started the fires in California. Um, so what, they... First, before the subscription, they delayed, like, the NPCs, didn't they? So the NPCs were supposed to be out, like, around now, or now coming out mid-2020. So basically an entire year. Which, right, which the NPCs were supposed to be the big selling point of, like, okay, now it's a follow game. Which, if they can at least get to that point, probably gives Fallout 76 enough legs to stand on. You just make this into okay, a but... true follow game, you at least have something better to tap into. That will have been, what, four years, three years after it released? No, no, 76 is 18. 18? Yeah. Okay, so two years. Oh, I'm not defending the timing in the slightest. Two. Okay, two years after a game released that released as a quote-unquote finished game before you're like, oh yeah, it's a game now. Oh, again, you don't see me defending that at all. I'm just saying, though, if we're talking about, like, a way to at least give it better legs, which is what it needs to sustain in the long term. This game isn't going to sustain. Like, I'm shocked it's still who's here. Go, who's going to be playing it in two years? I have definitely heard things, though, at least when it was supposed to come out this year, where where the idea of NPCs has gotten a lot of Fallout fans who did not want to go into 76 at least be willing to give it a chance. Okay. Will they wait another year? I don't know on that one. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying I've definitely heard that like if it came out in this fall like it was supposed to, I think it probably would have given it a decent chance of getting a boost. Whether that boost stayed was a different question, but I think it would have given it a boost. Okay. Anyway, so they delayed all that a year. Mm-hmm. A huge update that was supposed to change the game and... Apparently make it a game. Sure, we'll go with that. I think that's probably a good way of putting it. Gets delayed an entire year. Uh-huh. And then they have the balls. Like, this is almost Randy Pitchford level balls. To launch a subscription service that is $100 a year. Wait, I have the entire thing in front of me if you want to hear it. That is supposedly private servers, which aren't private. Um, what else did it give you? I'm pulling it up right now. I'm on the website. Okay. Fallout 76 member benefits. Oh, Fallout first membership benefits. Let me get the phrasing right, okay? 
which they didn't register Fallout First. So if you go to falloutfirst.com, it's Fallout Fuck You. <laughs> okay, so you get private worlds, which play in a private world exclusive for you and up to seven friends. Learn more below. Apparently they're not private. Scrapbox. This is the thing that broke the game, by the way. Unlimited storage for crafting opponents in your new scrap box container, which, by the way, when people got, it wiped their inventory. And they have said they probably can't get it back. Well, okay, and also, apparently, the worlds that these are spitting up are just reused worlds because people were hopping in and finding, like, places already looted and things dead. Like, <laughs> Okay, next, you get a survival tent, which is a new placeable fast travel point. Oh, boy! $14 a month for a fucking tent? Wait, I'm not done yet. Uh, Adams, so you see 1600 in Adams per month, which... Probably on paper, in theory, if you actually paid that, might pay for it. I don't know the transaction rate on top of my head, but I, that sounds within... 1600 1650 to be exact. 1650 They gave away 500 for the bags. Right, so... Which wasn't even enough to get the bag in the but game. But I'm saying, but I'm saying... And now they're giving you... No, no, but my argument, though, is... I bet you in their messed up currency, that probably is around 15 bucks. Oh, I'm sure, but... I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying from an from a if we're talking about from a money point of view using their logic. Yeah. Uh, next, you got a ranger armor outfit, exclusive for members, and then you got unique icons and emotes. Oh boy. So the thing, so really, realistically, besides the first month, you're just paying for private worlds and atoms because everything else you get once and you're done. Yeah. So I got this. It was thirteen dollars a month. Or a hundred dollars for a year. Yeah, which thirteen a month would end up being, I think, like a hundred and fifty. Uh, something like that. Right. right? Uh, that sounds right. Because twelve would be one hundred and forty-four. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I have the I have the Q, FAQ by the way for follow-up. One hundred and fifty-six dollars. So here are some FAQs that you appreciate. Okay. What is the default rule set for my private world, and can I change it? You know, logical slider questions, right? The rule set, including rewards and drop rates, is the same as Adventure Mode on a public world and cannot be changed. That makes sense, though, because it's supposedly and always online. But to me, though, whatever. why can't you make a rule set that stays in that private world? Well, but if it's like, oh, um, we're going to boost loot sliders. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the way that this works because they apparently have put no effort into this at all is that what you do in the private world is just tied to your character. So if you made a private world and cranked the loot sliders to give you everything, you could then go into a public world with everything. And but okay, and days. I agree with you, but to me then I would almost do something like you could almost like do a pure isolated private world that you just can't leave stuff out of it. That would make sense. That would make sense, wouldn't it? And Does which anything again, in seventy six makes sense. Which again, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna stick with the idea that you have to pay for private worlds that are hosted by Bethesda on paper is actually not offensive to me. I think what they're asking is offensive. No. Like pain. That's actually pretty good. Like if you think about it, you pay Battlefield. There are very. Yeah, there are very few games that give you free 
private Because that costs, because let's be honest, that costs them some money. It's not free yes. for them. Like, that's why I'm not offended by the idea, because it actually costs them some legitimate money. Yeah. Like, uh, Call of Duty, I think, is really the big one that it spins up a private server. But they're not, they, for but the difference on that one is they're not, they're not permanent worlds, they're temporary right. things. That's the big difference yeah. on that. And, yeah, Battlefield, you can rent a server and then... Which we've accepted for years. That's why I'm not offended, again, by that idea yeah. of renting a private server, because Battlefield, we've accepted it since, like, the late 90s. That, like, that's a thing you do. Yeah, Battlefield, WoW, you name it. Do I wish... Be Pay paying for a private server has always... Do I wish it was the, like, since it's Fallout and Bethesda's known for modding support, that, like, to me, the correct answer to this would be you should also release the API that lets you host a private instance locally. And then you do all the processing. They would, they would never let you do that. Which, again, you should let me. <laughs> well, you should. There's a lot of things they should let you do. Because all that is at that point is, it doesn't actually cost them money then for you to pop it up. All you do is you just do a quick check of the games are all good, and then you're good. Yeah. I will say, though, the... Uh, it makes sense that they don't have mods for 76 because who's to say, like, if you and I played, I would have to mod 76 because I will not accept just a flatly broken game. So I would have to fix it with somebody's public patch. If that gave me a leg up, they're going to be like, of course not. Like, we can't have this happen. Which is why we to can't me, let some we can't let somebody. F oh, I fix the way but that to Adams me, then, drop. Which on a private world instance point of view, then you should be doing the Minecraft yeah. thing if we could force everyone to have the same mods on the private worlds alone. Uh, even Minecraft doesn't do that. No, but you can you can actually add a plugin to your service that does force. So to me, that should be the well, default for a thing like this. You can, I think the way it works now, because they kind of changed the way that um, mods on PC work mm -hmm. now for Minecraft. I think you can run a server that is hosting, like, is modded. Yeah. Like, the, the instance of that server is modded, but if the player doesn't have that mod pack installed, they won't get all of the use. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's how it works. It used to be, you like, you could just hop into a world and you have no idea if there's mods or not. And if you hop into a, like, if your instance of Minecraft is modded, and you hop into a world, your mods just carry over into the online, so that kind of broke everything, but... But, yeah, you could do that. I mean, again, I'm not saying any of this perfect, but there are for sure ways you could have allowed it. Well, let's look up. Bethesda, um, uh, Adams, Atomic Shop, maybe. Sure. Atomic Shop, Fallout 76. Yeah, okay. well, give me, give me the exchange rates here. 
it's loading. Because, because even the Fallout website's broken. Like, it's literally just stuck in a loading thing. Okay. Uh, buy atoms. Okay, here we go. 4,000 with a 1,000 bonus, so 5,000 is 40 bucks. So, about a, I was right on my exchange rate, probably, of roughly speaking. So, 2,400 is 20 bucks. I got it. I have a thing up, too. It looks like five, I was right on the thing. It's like every 100 bucks is around a dollar, and then you get better deals as you go up. Which is about what I thought it would be. Well, okay, you said it was... Well, okay. You get 16... So you get 50 extra. Right. But it's... Yeah, it would be... It's probably around $15 exchange rate. Yeah. A little bit... It's $15. If you spent more, obviously a little bit worse. But, like, roughly speaking, if I had to give it a rate, it's 15 bucks. Which is the only reason they have the audacity to charge you $10 for this. Because of that. Or $13 for it. 13 for it. Because you get the $15 in items. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. I've never seen a game with a subscription service where they give you the paid currency. I definitely have. Maybe. I definitely have. Maybe this is their... MMOs do that all the time. Thing. Like what? Uh, I think both DCU and Lord of the Rings did that. If you did the subscription, okay, I, I never played. Those. If you did the subscription, they oh. gave you a set amount of the permanent of the of that currency. Also, I don't know like the rates on it, but I know they did that. Yeah. Well, like, well, I know like WoW doesn't do anything. But WoW doesn't. But its default is still that, where the other one's default is free to play. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. And maybe that's the thing. Like DCUO, their subscription is a premium service. Well, oh yeah. So of course you're going to That makes sense. Fallout 76, by the way, is still a $6 game. Well, you still have to buy it. Let me rephrase I don't you. know if it's still $60. Uh, I think it retails. It might still be a retail of 60 bucks. I think. Alright. I'm doing. I'm going on the PC store. I'm going on the PlayStation store. I'm seeing if they're any different. PC download is $24. Uh... I'm checking if there's a sale because it looks like PlayStation's saying 24 also. Uh, $40 is its default point. It's on sale right now. The Tricentennial Edition is $60. Oh, uh, so the default 76 is $40 still. Yeah. So either way, it's a $40 purchase. It's still a game. Yeah, it's still a decently full priced game for this old. Good way of putting it, I think. Yeah. To put you in perspective, Fallout 4, which you could argue what you want about it, I think it's a pure game. Its retail is $30, and at least is a functioning game out the box. Also, three years older yep. than it. To put that in perspective. Fallout first. I could get you Skyrim the Complete Edition for $40. A better purchase. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so falloutfirst.com leads you to Fallout Fuck You First. So it's Fallout. Which they just. It's falloutfirst.com. Uh, uh, how do you spell they first? Have a, like you spell out first? Yeah. Okay. They have a. The promo material is Vault Boy holding a first member ticket. This is first member fucked. Yep. With Fallout, fuck you first. 
Private World Skybox is a more coming C-U-M-M-I-N-G. <laughs> to Fallout 76 with Fallout Fuck You First. You're getting, what's included, what's included behind, behind the Fallout Fuck You First paywall? Private Worlds. The shitty uh, community has been begging for the ability to play alone in Private Worlds since before the launch of Fallout 76. Like a Fallout game should be. And we begrudgingly announced they're coming to a game with Fallout Fuck You First. <laughs> if you are a Fallout Fuck You First slave... How you use your friends' private world is completely up to you, as long as we allow it. <laughs> With a Fallout Fuck You First membership, you'll also receive a monthly bonus of 1,650 microtransaction points to use in the Atomic Shop for, on anything you want. Waste all your money on useless Atomic Shop items with the worst value for a money-wasting bundle to date. Time to pay up. Finally, pick up that outfit or icon you've been eyeing or else we will bill you for it. You deserve it for enduring this game for so long. Where's the 71st fuck you slave? You have ex access to exclusive discounts, lol. In the surprise mechanics in quotes. <laughs> in the surprise mechanic shop. So not only are you getting bonus microtransaction points every month, you'll get quote discounts on some stupid items to spend your money on. Go with the scrap box. Read the scrap box to everyone. <laughs> then I'll get to my favorite. Uh... <laughs> the next one. Use the scrap box to store all your crafting components so they aren't taking up space in your stash box. Yay, pay to win systems. The scrap box has unlimited storage. Wait, what the fuck, seriously? <laughs> so no need to worry about picking and choosing when it comes to hoarding scrap. I'm actually really starting to get pissed the part with this shit. You want this one? The sex tent! <laughs> Dropping the new sex tent to quickly set up a forward operating base when you're roughing. Semicolon parenthesis. Well, it's ellipses, <laughs> oh. winky smiley face, ellipses. <laughs> it out in the wilderness during your next adventure. The sex tent comes complete with a stash, sleeping bag, scrap box, cooking station, and even an instrument to help you blow hot air up your ass after a day of exploring Appalachia. Once placed, it will also act as a second fast travel point in addition to your main CAMP, giving you even more freedom to travel anywhere in map without spending caps, just your real money. You'll be able to deploy your sex tent from your favorites wheel. <laughs> I, you have to go check this out. It's hilarious. The lazy version of the rearranged Wait, Icons and emotes packs. Seriously? This is a main feature? <laughs> oh, the... The description is even better. The not-so-ranger armor outfit, player icons, and emotes must be claimed from the Atomic Shop while your Fallout Fuck You first membership is active, because we are too lazy to give it to you automatically. If you cancel your membership after claiming them, you will still have access to them. But then again, how have we been with our previous promises? Wait, wait. This stupid-ass membership, Fallout Fuck You First, will be available as a one-month Waste your money membership, or you can purchase a yearly cash burning pile for a 36% quote discount over the monthly waste your money rate as shown as our website. I will not link the scam. If you cancel your slave membership or it expires, you'll still get access any microtransaction points you received as well as the resources stored in your scrap box if we don't delete them first. Cancellation will be effective at the end of your current, then current membership or whenever we decide to stop stealing your money. If you click on become a fuck you first member, it's Rick Ashley's never going to give you up. You just got Rick rolled. 
Imagine shoving that 12-finger hand up your ass. It's okay, this membership will do it for you. As with everything we do for Fallout 76, we will continue to think of your bleed of our bleeding bottom line first. Ignore your feedback and improve the pay-to-win services over the months and years to come. So please, shut the fuck up and just take it. Your quote, friends at Bethesda. And if you click, there's a link down there for a donation fee to keep hosting the website. They have currently raised 917 of their $110 <laughs> goal. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. But it's been open for one day. Yeah, and people are donating in pretty decently sized That's what I mean, so, like, this will be up for a while. So, yeah, it is falloutfirst.com. You have to spell out first. Which makes sense. I, I didn't. That's what threw me off. <laughs> so one of the donations is uh, a $100 donation from Matthew Bagnara. And I guess when you donate, you can... Uh, leave a message. Leave messages and put an image. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy says, I donate, I donated because you're a bloody legend. Hope the money helps keep the site running. Unlike the train wreck that is 76. His image is a meme that says the community, every time Bethesda releases another shit game breaking update to 76. It's a photo of the goose from Untitled Goose Game holding a knife with peace was never an option next to him. God. So yeah, Fallout 76 in a great state right now currently right as a Bethesda fan how does this make you feel for Starfleet so the this is so I, I think we've talked about this before part of my issue with the 76 marketing pitch was and this is going to be a weird nitpick but hear me out on this ride right they had a team in I think it's Austin that made this game right that was not called Bethesda Game Studios Six months before releasing this game, they renamed them to Bethesda Game Studios and put Todd Howard on that stage. Hear me out. You should have not renamed the team Bethesda Game Studios. Should not have put Todd Howard on that stage. Your entire team wouldn't be in the same amount of wreck that you are in. Because now everyone blames all of Bethesdaverse. You could at least point to as a different team. Well, but if you don't put, like, serious question, if you don't put Todd Howard up there, who do you put up there? Okay, so maybe you put them up there, but I think renaming them Bethesda Game Studios has had repercussions on a bigger scale. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think the problem is you shouldn't kept them a different name, or even if you name the team, very clearly define them as someone else. Because I don't care if you put a city name at the end of it. To a layman, they just read BGS and at least understand that term. Mm-hmm. You should at least named it something else. Because the issue is... I also think if they had stuck the early access tag on this... It'd be a different story entirely also. Have it as a free product with this membership right away. Oh yeah, right if away. this was a free game that we had to find as early access, I think the conversation on this game would be fundamental difference. Or 15 bucks. But something, you know what I'm saying? Something that like defines yeah. what it is better. Yeah. But no, I am interested the thing that gives me more hope for the starfield and the next elder scrolls is is they're very clear in the definition of 
they are not making this game again. And also, it is the main teams working on them. Which, uh, but it's on the same tech, which is my problem. Which, okay, but it's not the same problem for me. Asking from my point of view on, like, as the fan who's okay with their products. If you could t- yeah. if you could tell me you're going back to that, and it's not this, and it's your main team working on it, you at least give me a better chance to look at it, to see what is it at the end. Yeah. And I think that's the difference there, fundamentally, too, is from understanding the differences, it's not the same teams, and it's not the same products they're making. Yeah. yeah. And I think that matters. So, so I just want to, I want to go back. Um, it's now been, what, a month post uh, Borderlands 3? Yeah. How much of what I predicted was going to be in that game is in that game? What was you predicting? I don't remember you predicted. You have to help me with that. I, was, I said they're going to take the worst of everything that came since uh, Borderlands 2 in terms of always online, um, battle pass... Just free to play bullshit. Actually, it's not then that much. Objective. Don't they have a? Do they have a battle pass? No. They have a season pass, but like it's the normal season pass of huge expansions coming. Yeah. Out. But that's I assume it's not what you're talking about. No. 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 They they have the season pass. It is doing more online events than I'm okay with, but it's but like there's stuff we wouldn't have had otherwise. So I don't know if I put it as the same level of negative. Like, am I upset that like this? Halloween event's going to go into it, yeah. But that's not, to me, the same level, I think, as what you're referring to. No, like, events are fine. Right, that's, that's, fine with that's that. why, I to mean, me, games have done right, that. that's, to me, right. events are annoying because it's me, but not because, like, it objectively ruins the game or anything on that line. Yeah. Um, it has, does I mean, hell, GTA right. runs that's what I mean. holiday events. That's what I mean, like... so nothing about that, to me, is offensive in that regard. Um, no. They don't have a battle pass, which is, I think, props to them. They have not talked about anything like one either. Cause they, they they're selling the season pass, but like, I don't. Again, I don't. Fi- I've never found season passes this offensive thing that people have. Cause so hear me out. You, I, it depends on how they do. But hear me out. You don't have to buy them. Yeah. yeah. Most season passes. There are some exceptions, but the bulk majority of season passes where the promise of we're gonna make X content. Here's the cost. You could always buy them separately down the road, and you could also always buy the season pass for the reduced rate. I don't understand why that's offensive to people. It's just a pre-order. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the offensive nature of those. Yeah, the only game that really kind of forced you to buy a season pass is Destiny. But that's a different... I think that's a different beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a complete... Like, Destiny is not a game that you can compare to anything. I think compared to MMOs is the most apt, and there's still differences there. Yeah. Well, and there's... I mean, there's major differences of, like... There's no monthly membership. There's right. no there's no membership at all. Which is why, I mean, to me, when Destiny was like, every year you have to spend 60 bucks to be up to date on the content, yeah. I go, oh, it's still cheaper than any MMO on the market. Right. Because a $60 one-time purchase is cheaper than $10. And I could always still do the old shit if I don't care about being up to date. That's why that's not offensive. I mean, you're going to lag behind. No, you are. But if I don't, if I just a person who goes plays two hours a week, I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. You can't do that in those other games in the same way. Right. Right. So, so yeah. But no, Borderlands then has not had the same things that you predicted in that yeah. way. Good on you, Borderlands. Still not going to play it. But, good on but you. like, the point is, though, they actually have been very good on their, like, keep. I think they're at the same 
quality bar in their post-update stuff or what you expect from a free-to-play mechanics that they were at in 2, which I don't think 2 ever got really that offensive. Because the most offensive mm, thing... The most offensive thing 2 did, which I'm on the side this isn't offensive. So they obviously they had their big expansions, right? I think they were like 10 or $15. Mm-hmm. And then they had these headhunter packs, which hear me out, okay? They were like an hour and a half of content. You got a skin and a head, but they were only $3. If I told you any game yeah. for $3 is 90 minutes, that's not offensive. Mm-mm. That's what people are upset about. Is I go, hear me out, though. They're charging you 3 bucks. They're not even charging you, like, 5 or $10. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if, if so we did those, and Borderlands then also has the giant expansions that they promised, I don't think any of that's offensive to me. To me, I feel like that's the right balance of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Thank you. I'm glad I'm right. For once. I hate you. So, AJ, now that we're getting to the fun end, you know what we have to discuss now? It's time. Uh, I don't know. It's time to pick our movies. So, you... Have you ever seen that meme? I don't think so. The It's, it's the Yu-Gi-Oh! It's time to duel, but then... He doesn't finish duel, it speeds up, and then just blue screens. God. Okay, so you know my pitch is going to be, right? Mm, probably not. I'll be Bach. Oh. It's up to you. That comes out, I think, literally on the first. So, like, yeah. it comes up the day we'll release this episode, or we could do something later in the month. If you want me to pull up the list. Uh, the movie I was thinking for later in the month is Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, see, I was thinking, um... I was thinking of Midway otherwise. Okay, I'm pulling up a list now. Okay, so we have Terminator, obviously. Irishman, I think, is too late in the month because I'm not counting the one day in theaters because it's so hard to get tickets to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Arctic Dogs, which is still the first. Doctor Sleep on the 8th. We said Midway. I'm kind of just going through the big stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charlie's Angels comes out, which I forgot. Oh yeah, I saw that. I, I forgot that. that's a for thing. That. Um Frozen Two. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. So those are separate things, by the way. Knives is, Out is, is so late in the month. God damn it. Um Is that Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Tom Cruise one? Or not Tom Cruise, no, Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's the... Okay. If Knives Out was not November 29th, I would have pitched for it. That can be our December one. Oh my god. I, I have not heard amazing things, but I'm super curious on it. So you don't want to do Frozen 2? <laughs> uh, not particularly. Okay. Um. Do you want... To do Charlie's Angels. See, here's here's the reasoning for Charlie's Angels. Because I knew I knew it would cross you. Because hear me out, okay? The cast, Elizabeth Banks. It's so it's Naomi Scott. Well, okay, Kristen no, Stewart. Just, just don't even don't even worry about the cast. There's at least an older Charlie's Angels that we could watch as the old movie. Mm-hmm. For Ford vs Ferrari, the only thing I can think of as being the old movie. Uh, I guess we could see Rush, but um, would be Lamar back in the 60s. 
the uh, I think it was Paul Newman directed the movie. So just to clarify, then Charlie's Angels. I assume you mean the two thousand Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Not two thousand. Well, yeah. There's multiple options. That's so. what I mean. So I'm clarifying. I think the two thousand Charlie's Angels is probably the correct thing you do for an old movie. Which is yeah. Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz. It stars like Bill Murray. Or, so okay, so the the premise of Ford vs Ferrari is um, the mid '60s at Le Mans, where Ford creates the GT40 and just completely just destroys Ferrari. It's it's kind of a documentary, mm-hmm. which is why I could see Rush being our old movie. That's really, we could do any docudrama as our old movie. That's true. I still like the Charlie's Angels idea, because also I didn't realize, too, that's considered a sequel. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? That's what I said! I'm reading stuff right now. Well, okay, I haven't really paid attention to this Charlie's Angels at all, so I haven't... So it's Kristen Stewart, like I said, Naomi Scott. I don't know Ella Basinka. Uh, uh, you probably will. Uh, I'm looking at she, she was in room uh, she, that was like her only decently big thing it looks like Charlie's Angels uh, 2019 IMDb Naomi Scott we all know because of Power Rangers and she was also Aladdin by the way she, I mean she was Princess Jasmine Naomi Scott Sam Claflin Kristen Scott Elizabeth Banks Scott Naomi Scott's a prime example of an actress that went from being no one to I bet you going to be someone for the next decent amount of time. Jonathan Tucker, Jama Husunu, Nate Faxon, Pang. Uh, my vote is the Charlie's Angels. Okay, so Charlie's Angels 2019 comes out the week end of the 15th, so everyone is aware. So yeah, so the weekend of the 15th, which is still two weeks before Thanksgiving. Sounds great. So let's let's. I'm curious, how you know what I'm curious is. How cringy do you think Charlie's Angels 2000 is without seeing it recently? <laughs> oh, cringe factor of 11 out of 10. <laughs> like, okay, hear me out. That or AJ Cody Banks 2, which is more cringy? Charlie's Angels. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ariana Grande did the soundtrack for the 19 Charlie's Angels. It's got... Um... Okay, so the title track has got Miley Cyrus and Lana Del Rey. Of course it does. Um, let's see. Let's see full article. It has got... Lana Cyrus and Del Rey, Normani, Nicki Minaj, Cash Doll, Keanu Leed, Shaka Khan... Kim Petrus, Petrus, Arlissa, and Or. 
Oh, oh there's a Donna Summer remix. Um, okay. The set list is How It's Done with Cash Doll, Kim Petras, Alma, and Stefan Don. Because, of course, there's a rapper whose name is Stefan Don. Uh, Bad to You with Ariana Grande, Normani, and Nicki Minaj. Don't Call Me Angel, which I guess is the title track. Eyes Off You with M22, Arlissa, Kiana Laid. Bad Girls Remix Donna Summer um, Nobody Ariana Grande Shaka Khan Pantera Great Name for a song by the way uh, That's by Anita All I Look On You is Ariana Grande Blackout is Danielle Bradbury um, Got Her Own Ariana Grande Victoria Monet Which I believe is Janelle Monet's sister Um Charlie's Angels theme, Hot Caviar Remix, Jack Elliott, Ellen Ferguson, Ellen Ferguson. So not a terrible list of people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very curious to see how, how this will stand up. Better or worse than Ocean's 8? I'm going to say better. But we're going to go with that one. Also, is there less kind of cringe? Well, I was say, is there less expectation because Charlie's Angels has always been kind of this, like, let's, let's call the duck a duck. This is a very sexist franchise. So I'm very curious how they're going to try to modernize it because you know that's going to be their goal. Yeah. Whereas Ocean's 8 was like, oh, we're going to make an all-women Ocean's movie, which could have done perfectly fine. But that's not what they made. They leaned way too hard on the Ocean's, though. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing that makes Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 great, yes, all three of them are great movies, is that the chemistry between everyone in the movie just works mm-hmm. Ocean's 8 it just felt like they were just stepping on each other's feet every time somebody was on screen mm-hmm. I think actually the person that did the best was Aquafina. in terms of like not stepping on anyone's feet in a scene mm-hmm. because it seems like she kind of not saying it's you know she not the phrase she knows her place was in my head, but that's not the phrase that I want. She like understands. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not the lead, so she's not going to try to be the lead. So, yeah. So it's all gonna. Uh, this is gonna be something. Mm-hmm. That's I think the best way we could describe this. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we'd like to thank right. everyone for joining us this fun episode. A uh, real long episode, actually, we had recent standards. Two hours, baby. Two, Two hours, no breaks. fucking hours. I didn't pee. Well, maybe I peed a little, but that's besides the point. Um, remember, you can follow the show at the SWW Show on Twitter. It's anchor.fm slash SWW or SWWshow.com. Follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. 
you can follow AJ. I'm sorry, I wrote, a, I wrote down um, the options we have today. Okay, you ready? The At the Drunk German. Is that one you like? Uh, I'm more Norwegian than German. Okay. At, at Fuck the Vikings. But that one might be from a Bears fan. Which Vikings? Uh, see, it's really up to you to decide. Um, at He's trying to make us move into those damn Scandinavian countries if we start a company. Or uh, th actually, those wouldn't be my first choice. But. Or at the man who refuses to accept he lives in Grand Rapids. Oh, I don't refuse to accept that I live in Grand Rapids. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great city to live in. Right. But yeah, we will catch you guys next time. Remember, watch both Charlie's Angels from 2000 and 2019. Bye, y'all. This podcast was a product of the SWW Show. You can find more at the SWWshow.com or Facebook.com slash the SWW store or Twitter.com slash SWW. You can find out more about Mike at Mikey underscore Maroney on Twitter and more about AJ at Locevore on Twitter. Remember, new episodes come out twice a month, one focusing on the new entertainment news and one focusing on movie club so new and an old movie you can find out more again at the swwshow.com you can find the show on podcast services around the globe